Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Over the course of this last year, the Lord's been changing and transforming our house, and many of you know this, and the Lord's been unfolding who we're called to be. We're called to be people that, that, that follow the ways of Jesus, that practice the ways of Jesus, that, 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 that live connected to the source and connect others to the source of Jesus, and we live with his presence in and among us. He's been doing this work in us, and so over the course of this new calendar year coming into this year, 2021, um, the Lord has laid out a plan for us that over the course of sermon series and teachings, we want to we jump into what is called practices, spiritual disciplines for some of you that may understand what that means. A discipline is, is something that you practice over and over and over again, become better, right? If you were in sports or if you were in any type of training, you, you practice and you, you, you use your di- discipline to become better at it. And so here at Oasis, we said over the course of the year, we want to we practice and, and have some spiritual disciplines that we're going to put into our lives and, 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 and become more like Jesus as we do them. Not because of it's a legalistic thing, not because it's going to make us more loved by him. It's none of that. It's just simply because we want to be more like Jesus. Hello? And so we said we're going to do four of these. And so we had fasting as, as we started the year off. We did 21 days, and I'm looking forward to. We're going to be fasting again and, uh, for a week as a body coming up here in the next couple months. But, but fasting should be something we incorporate in our lives. I encourage you and I challenge you. Don't, don't forget that practice. Continue to do it. Implement it. Take a day. Take a couple days. Take a week. Whatever the Lord may lay on your heart to do. And do it and practice it. And get closer to the Father with it. And so with this series, as we're jumping in today, I'm giving you what I would say an introduction to what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks and what you're going to be discovering together in your own groups is we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer. Prayer. The power of prayer. The importance of prayer. The, 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 the call to us as a house to be a house of prayer. Come on, how do you know that, that this house, the house meaning the church, the, the body of Jesus Christ, we know we should be called people that are, that are part of a house that prays. Amen? Like, like prayer is important. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is vital. Powerful times in your own life and powerful times when you get alone with your spouse or with your family. Powerful times that when we gather together as the body and we begin to pray, God moves. I believe in the power of prayer. I grew up in a home where we couldn't get away from prayer. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for a praying mother as I think to Mother's Day. I can't thank my mother and my father and, and all my, but, but for my mother that prayed. I can't thank them enough for when we were in the midst of trials, when we were in the midst of not knowing how we were going to pay the bills, in the midst of not knowing what we were going to do. They didn't go and try to do the math. They didn't go and try to articulate it. They didn't run for the hills. They prayed because prayer works. And it's in essence, and I don't mean this to condemn anybody, it's a, it's a thing that we've in essence have lost in the church. We, we formulated structures and systems and man-made things, and not, hear me, I'm not knocking it, we do it, we've done it, we, we use some of them, but we've said yes to our skills, and yes to our abilities, and yes to good articulated messages, and yes to good feels and good vibes, and make sure we have good coffee in the lobby. <laughs> and we've said no to prayer. But prayer is what is needed now more than ever. Prayer is essential. So for this introduction, as we go into what we want to talk today, I just, 
entitled this, A House of Prayer. A house of prayer. This is the mandate for Oasis. This is the call for this house. If you call this place home or if you're visiting, I encourage you, this will help you even in your own life. But from the beginning of this church, um, before we even stepped foot in Chicago, uh, my wife and I and our team, we would get on Skype. Does anybody know what Skype is? It's before Zoom. It was a thing before Zoom. It was what everybody used, Skype. It had the little bubbles, like, like the phone calls, you know what I'm talking about? Like, anybody know what Skype is? Yeah. That, that was what we would jump on, and we would pray together for an hour, hour and a half, two hours before we even came here, before we did a single thing. And I believe something. Those prayers, those tears, those moments are the things that we're standing on today. So this house has always been a house of prayer. We've prayed for you. Whether we know you or not, we've prayed for you. We've connected with the Father to say, Father, bring in people that need Jesus. And I believe some of you are walking testimonies to those prayers. So we believe in the power of prayer. Prayer matters. But we need a divine picture of what prayer actually is. We need a deep understanding of what prayer is today more than ever. Prayer changes things, but prayer changes men and women. Prayer changes things, but prayer changes. Prayer has been a practice all throughout the scriptures from the Old Testament through the prophets into Jesus's life. Jesus shows us a ton of examples of when he prayed and what he did and how he showed that to us. And even after Jesus and the apostles and the teachings and the writings, it's all throughout the scriptures. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two. It's going to be up on the screen. It's one verse. It's simply one verse that as we were calling, uh, it called into this new mandate, this new mission and vision as a church, Acts chapter 2 came alive to us. Acts chapter 2, 3, and 4 actually came alive to us, and we said, this is what we want to be about. If the church that started very first, it was about this, this is what we want to be about. And so the scriptures say this. Can you throw it up there, team? Thank you. All the believers devoted themselves to, one, to the apostles' teaching. How many of you know that, that we need to devote ourselves to teaching and to preaching and to the scriptures and the words of God? How many of you would say amen to that? That, that, that the word matters and you should be ingesting the word. You should be digesting the word. You should be soaking up the word of God. They devoted themselves to that and to fellowship. How many of you know the community of Jesus Christ should be one of fellowship, linking arms together, lifting each other up, not just talking about community and it's a sense of like a, it's not real, but actually having community, having people you can lean on. How many of you know that? to be true and to sharing in meals. I'm coming to your house. I'm, that's the new thing. I'm just going to call and say I'm coming over. We should be sharing in meals together. We should be taking communion together. The Lord's Supper. We should be doing that. We do that as a body. We do it in our groups. And then it says something so profound and to prayer and to prayer. Acts 2, verse 42, it doesn't say into social meetings, into committee meetings, into planning meetings, into strategizing meetings. I hate meetings. <laughs> I don't like them. I'm a part of them. I don't like them. It says they committed themselves to what? Prayer. If they were about it, what are we doing? What is the church doing today? It's an invitation from God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is an invitation of our Father to him. Prayer has one goal. Don't get this twisted. Prayer has one goal. More of God. Less of us. More of God. Less of us. More of God. Less of us. That's the goal of prayer. Prayer is so vital to us, to the life of a follower of Jesus, to stand strong today. It's his calling to us. Whether you have an incredible prayer life or you just started this thing and you don't know how to muster up a couple words, prayer is a calling for all of us. And it's a calling to grow in. It's a, it's a discipline that we should be growing in. It's a discipline that we should be continuing to strive in. Not strive, forgive me, but continue to walk in. Is that a better word? Prayer is essential. 
But I want to read two quotes to kind of provoke us. Can I provoke us this morning a little bit? Because everyone's like, no. (laughs) Why even ask that question? But these two quotes from two amazing men, men that I I, I hold up in high regards, and um, they they wrote the two books that that are on the power of prayer, and these changed my life, but this is the reality in the sense, this is where we are. I'm not saying, I don't want to bash the the, the global church or the Western church, but this is where we've kind of fallen trapped to in some ways about prayer. First is this, Richard Foster on the book just entitled Prayer. It says this, today the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and preoccupations. Have you ever thought about that, that God actually mourns over your distance and preoccupation away from him? He wants you. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weeps over our obsession with muchness and manyness. Come on, is that not the generation today? Grab everything, obtain everything, get everything you can. He's mourning over the fact that we are more concerned about gaining and hoarding and grabbing instead of being with him. He longs. For our presence. The next is from a guy named Leonard Ravenhill. He's a beast. He's a goat. If you don't know what that means, go Google it. It'll be awesome. Um, He's a man of God. He's intense. I listen to this guy preach. He's an older guy from England. And I listen to him and I feel like so convicted every time. I'm like, gosh. He's just that kind of guy. He wrote a book on why revival tarries. I'm going to reference it a lot today. But he wrote something at the very beginning of the, the book that this is years ago. But this is the truth today. Poverty stricken as the church is today in many things. She is most stricken here in the place of prayer. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, few prayers. <laughs> many singers, few clingers, lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion. Come on, why you got to go there, Leonard? Why you got to go there, bro? I like clothes. Like, I like clothes. <laughs> why has why he got to be like, <laughs> Little passion. Many interferers. Did you catch that? Few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. Now, those are heavy. Those are like a gut punched. The reality is, though, is this. I believe this house is going to be the house that stands on the ones that say, we are going to intercede. We are going to be people that rise up and intercede. We are going to be people that, that fight on our knees. We are going to be people that pray. We are going to be people that just don't stand around and organize good events, but we're actually going to intercede for them. We're going to pray into them. We're going to believe for God. We're going to be people that rise up and become people of prayer. It's needed. It's needed. So, so okay, what is prayer? What an ambiguous question. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about it. But what is prayer? What is it in its essence? What is it in its core? This is what we believe in, in, in talking with oversight and reading and studying. This is what we believe prayer to be here at this house. Prayer is connecting and communicating with God. Notice that. It says not just communicating, connecting and communicating with God. It's intimacy. Woo. Prayer is intimate. It's an intimate time with the Father. It's a purifying time. How many of you know prayer is purifying? <laughs> it's a releasing and a receiving time from our Father. I love that. I love that I can go into the Father and release some stuff off and just receive more of him. Anybody want to say amen to that? It's engaging in the war. War? <laughs> Church, be aware. 
What we're facing today is not man-made strongholds. These are powers of darkness and principalities of darkness that wage war against our souls and the souls of mankind. And in prayer, we get to speak against them. We get to fight against them. We get to stand guard as the people of this city and the people of this church. And I'm preaching to maybe two people today, but that's all right, I'm gonna keep preaching. We get to stand in prayer and fight against the battles that are raging to steal, kill, and destroy people. Some of you don't even understand the prayers that have been prayed over your life. You've never seen the people that have prayed over your life. You're actually walking miracles because people prayed you to get you out of the pits, to get you out of the fire, to call you out of the grave. People stood night after night, day after day, and stood guard and said, no, God, no, bring them back home. Call her back home. Prayer is standing guard. Prayer is standing in the covering of God for our lives. How many of you are thankful you're covered by God? Every hand should go up just for the sake of participation because that's a really good thing. Every hand, every hand. I'm seeing you not raise your hands. We don't like to be covered today. Why? Because we don't want to be told what to do. But the reality is, is that Jesus is our Lord. And when he, I'm not even going to go there today. I just don't even, just don't even want to mess with that demon today. Covering is, is, is super important today. And you get covered by God when you get with God. Prayer is profoundly simple and simply profound. Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infant lips can try. New Christians, people that just said yes to Jesus, you can pray. It may sound messy. It may not be theologically right. He don't care. He don't care. Can I say that? He does not. He don't care. He does not care. I have a master's degree. How? I don't know. He just wants your heart. Prayer's that easy. It's just simple, infant words. He just wants your heart. He wants to express your fears, your doubts, your failures, the things that you feel like he's not hearing, the things that nobody else, he wants to hear it. But prayer also outranges all speech and exhausts man's vocabulary too. Prayer is to the believer what capital is to the businessman. Prayer, catch this, is to the believer what it, capital is to the businessman. Can I, can I tell you something? Truth, truth be told, when we launch into this church, we stepped out. I don't know why we did this. <laughs> um, we had zero dollars in the bank account. We didn't even have a bank account. Oasis didn't even, someone would, people were like, where can I give this check to? I was like, don't, we don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> like, this is not a joke. And finally we were like, we need to get a bank account. <laughs> but I, I just, it's not because we're great and awesome. I just was like, if this is God, he's going to do it. And how he's going to do it is by the, by the prayers and the dependency of people upon him. Some of you are trying to force miracles in your life. You want to see a miracle? Get with God. Hello. I, I know that's for somebody. Some of you have been trying to force your way into doors that God's not called you to go into yet, but you keep forcing and you keep getting let down. You keep forcing and you keep getting let down. Get with God and let him open up some doors. You know how easy it is to walk through a door that's opened up for you instead of kicking one down? Kicking one down is really messy. I'm not even preaching from my notes. I just feel the power of the Spirit upon it. Like, you know it's messy? You know when you kick a door down and you run through a door? I ran through a door in college one time. It was the worst decision of my life. It hurts. You know how awesome it is if someone just opens up the door for you? Oh, let it be, Lord. And some of you are forcing this thing. You know what you're missing? Prayer. He's not scared. Of your doubt. He's not scared of your fear. He's not scared of what you're thinking. He's inviting you. He's inviting you. He's inviting you. So prayer is seen all throughout the scriptures because the God who we pray to is the God who speaks to us. 
He spoke all throughout the Bible and he's speaking today. He does not just speak though, he also listens. He engages his people and invites them into real relationship with him. I don't know about another God that actually listens to what I'm saying. Actually, there isn't one. Period. There isn't one. He listens to my cries. He listens to my voice. He listens to his son and daughters. He listens. You know, if, if my son Titus was here and he cried out to me over there, he's got this new saying. I don't know who taught him this, but he's like, come on, dad, dad. Come on, dad, dad. I'm like, son, you better never tell me to come. I'm, I swear. I'm just kidding. I don't talk to my son that way. It's the cutest thing in the world. If I heard him say that, I would know it's him. It actually happened. We were in a big room and he cried out, dad, dad. I knew it right away. I said, that's my son. Same way with God, with us. He listens. He hears his kid's voice. Guys, this should encourage you. This should spur you. Maybe if we can get to the rest of my message, this should just cause us to go, man, I can go talk to God this way. I can go sit with him. He actually hears his kids. Oh my goodness. Why are we not praying? <laughs> you want to know why? Because not only does he listen, but prayer causes us to sit and listen. You had me there, Pastor. It was really good. Hoorah, rah. Get the band up here. We'll sing, I got this joy, and it won't lag, and we'll leave. What do you mean? He, prayer causes me to listen. Yeah, we don't like prayer because it actually causes us to listen to what the Father's saying. Some of us have stopped going into the prayer closet. Some of us have stopped going into times with prayer because we've not liked what he's been saying to us. It's not condemnation. It's a calling today. He's actually calling you back. He's calling you back. Prayer is the way that we come to know the God of the universe, and it's the way we cultivate a life with him. Prayer is for all of us, not just for some of us, but for all. This is a discipline for all of us to walk in. If you say yes to Jesus, this is a discipline. Leonard Ravenhill says this. This is harsh, but this is the truth. If the church today had as many agonizers as she has advisors, we would have revival in a year. If the church, let me say it again, today has as many agonizers as she has advisors, we would have revival in a year. And Leonard uses revival very, very cautiously. He doesn't talk about revival being a service where just the presence of God is. He talks about revival where businesses that shouldn't be open start to shut down. He starts to talk about how thousands of souls become. I believe the same thing's gonna happen in Chicago. I believe we're on the brink of a revival that we've never seen before. We're gonna see thousands upon thousands of souls come and be transformed. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. In order to get there, we gotta stop having people talk about the bride of Christ. Okay, you want me to sit? Let me just... We have more people that have the fingers pointed at what the church is doing wrong. We have more people telling us, saying, oh, I know better than so-and-so. I can do this better than so-and-so. And instead of saying, you know what? Maybe I should go pray for the pastors. I'm not coming at you. This is not me. I'm talking about other pastors in the church. In the, in the... <laughs> we, have, we have enough people saying, oh, this should be the case. So the church should, the church hasn't, why don't we pray? Why don't we come under covering of the Lord? Why don't we become one spirit, one accord? Is anybody being ministered today? Why don't we, why don't we stop talking about it and we start getting on our knees and agonizing and, and crying out and lifting up the bride of Christ and say, you know what? I pray that Oasis is a place that they don't have it all together, but it's a place where the glory of God comes in and manifests itself. And we see people healed. We see people delivered. We see people set free. Why are we so scared of seeing people set free? Why is it taboo? It should be the best thing in the world. No? Prayer allows for this to happen. Following Jesus is radical, straight up. 
Following Jesus is, is, is not something like, oh, I just love Jesus. It's good, me and Jesus. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> Following Jesus is hard, but it's radically fun. It's awesome. Anyways, I'm getting off my notes. Lord, help me, Holy Spirit. Prayers for all of us. It's not for the pastoral team. It's not for the intercessory team. You want to be a part of the intercessory team? Go home and pray. You feel called to intercede? Go home and pray. Because if you can't, I'm not coming at anybody. This is me too. Like if you can't pray at your house for 20 minutes, you don't, don't, don't come, don't, like. We're called to pray. There's a stirring in this house right now for us to pray. So with the little time left, I just want to share a couple of things about over the course of this last year, God's given us a mission and a vision over this house that's brand new. You've heard it. You've heard it said. We're going to keep saying it, not because we want some click or some following or some like little JP minions. That's not it at all. It's because this is a mandate from the Lord himself. Like he spoke this to Rach and I and to our pastoral team and to our oversights. I mean, guys, I could share stories with you where this was said to other people and they picked up the phone and said, hey, have you guys thought about this? And we're like, we just wrote it down. But we have a special mandate and a mission as a church, and it's this. We are a community formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus and his presence in and among us. As we practice the way of Jesus together, we are called to be a wellspring of life, an oasis amidst the desert of the city, to connect, to be connected and to connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. As we are opening this series today, as I'm opening up the series, I want to teach us from that perspective. That's all Bible-based. That's not something we thought of that was really cool and cliche. That comes out of Acts 2, 3, and 4. Hear me? So no one's like, oh, this guy's got a mission statement. It's just on his own. Like, no, no, no. But I want to show us how we do this in regards to prayer, how we're going to live this vision out, how we're going to be these people. How do we do this through prayer? First and foremost, how we do this? How do we become people that pray? We pray because we are connected first and foremost to the Lord. Hear me. This is deep, and this is hard to wrestle with. But because of you saying yes to Jesus, you have been adopted into the kingdom. Okay, Adoption's massive. we got to understand this. we got to understand that we have been adopted into kingdom. What happens when you say yes to Jesus? Your old life, your life of sin, your life of destruction, your life that was for yourself has died. Anybody thankful for that? I'm buried. I'm six feet under, Lance. Six feet under. Buried. I'm buried. That's, that, that, that person is dead. I get new life. I get a new mind. I get new purpose. I got new, I got new destiny in Jesus name. And I'm so thankful for that. But what's happened is because I'm new and because I'm in the kingdom of God, I'm connected to the father. I'm connected to the kingdom. I'm connected. I am called a son. And so because I am a son, guess what's open to me? The throne room of grace. Guess what's open to you? Each and every one of you that says the throne room of grace is open to you. What is the throne room of grace? It's the place where God the Father and the Son sit. And you can go because you are a son and a daughter, and you can begin to pray, and the throne room opens up. You don't have to go through the priest. You don't have to go through the pastors. You get to go home, and because of your connectedness to the Father, you get to pray, you get to cry out, and you get to see God move in your life. How does this happen? Because of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit in us helps us to pray helps us stay connected to the Father, helps us pray when we don't know what to pray. Come on, anybody ever been there before? Friday, I was there. I, I shared this at the nine o'clock. I might as well share it. Friday, I was there. Friday, I had a day. Anybody just ever have a day? Just two of us, me and Miss Calvary? Okay. The rest of you, I want to hang with you because your lives are like, oh, I want to just, whew. I had a day. 
I got a concussion at eight o'clock in the morning. Praise the Lord. Oh yeah. Don't ask how I'm not telling you at 10 o'clock. I'm driving a car. Why am I driving a car concussion? I don't know. I drive a car. I hit a trailer. It's just a day. Can I have a counseling moment here, please? <laughs> Friday's a day. I'm just like, what is happening to me? This is, by the way, this isn't my first concussion, by the way. I've had a, I've had a lot. And you're all like, we know, Pastor. We can tell. Like, obviously. <laughs> Some screws missing. <laughs> I got racked my head. And I'm like, I'm, what is happening? <laughs> I go in my room. I said, Rach, please give me an hour. She said, you can take three. Whatever you need. I went into the room and I sat there, not really sure what to do or what to pray. I, I have those moments. And all I said was, out of Romans 8, 26 through 27, the Holy Spirit helps us when we don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit will begin to help us because we're connected to the Father. So when we don't know what to pray, wordless groans will come out of us. Things will begin to be uttered out of us. And I just said, Holy Spirit, right now, I'm a mess. <laughs> My head is pounding. I can't see bright lights. Like these, this is this is nuts right now. Like this strip right here, not good. Um, I, anyways, that was for in here, not out there. And I was like, Lord, help me. And the Holy Spirit just began to speak words and bring to attention things in my life that I needed to begin to pray for. And actually, what the Holy Spirit began to do was pray on my behalf because I couldn't. You ever been in the presence of God where you're just like, oh. You hear people go, ooh, it's not because they're weird. <laughs> Some are, but not most. I was just like, oh, Father. Because I just felt the presence of God through the Holy Spirit begin to intercede. You don't know how to pray for your spouse? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You don't know how to pray for your wayward son and daughter? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You don't know how to pray for your coworker because they're driving you nuts? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And I'm telling you guys, it says scripture's clear on it. It will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you pray when you don't know what to pray. It will help you and he will help you in your weaknesses. Scripture says in your weaknesses. See, don't don't uh, don't avoid prayer just because you don't know what to say. Show up. Show up. And just invite the Holy Spirit because we're connected to the Father. We are connected to the Father. There's a difference between a cry. I believe that the Lord hears the cries of people that have not said yes to Jesus. I believe that. I trust that. I affirm that. There are many times where people cry out, cry out in their pain, cry out in their suffering, and Jesus meets them. There's a difference between a cry and a prayer. Prayer, remember, is connecting us, communicating having us communicate to the Father. So we pray from a place of being connected. I, just, I want to make sure we catch that. We don't, we don't pray as orphans. We pray as children. That's crucial. And when you don't know how to pray as a kid, the Holy Spirit's been given to us. It's, he's living in and among us. He will help us. So, so show up. You know, this new word connected, this is this day and age. This is, the, this is the day and age thing right now, connected. We have social media platforms where we're all connected. Can I just be honest for a moment? Half of the people that you follow, you are not connected with. Actually, I'd beg to differ that like three-fourths, maybe 99% of them, you've never met, you don't know what's going on, but you think you know what's going on in their lives. Can I just talk to somebody today, please? Like, like we're so connected. Oh, I follow this person, I follow that person, I follow this person. They don't know you. They ain't gonna come to your hospital room when, they, when you're sick. They don't know you. Just take a word of encouragement. <laughs> You're not connected to them. There's false sense of connection today. 
Can I preach today? Can I, I already have, but I'm going to keep going. Like, like, this is a false sense of connection today. I'm connected with this person, I'm connected. No, you're not. We've distorted what connection actually means. But the call to us is actually people that can be and are connected to the living God. The one that created this whole thing. You know what I've come to grips with? I don't care if I don't get another follower on that thing. I don't give care. Jack. I'm connected to the one. I'm connected to the one. And if I'm connected to him, I'm good. My family's good. My spouse is good. My marriage is If I'm connected to him, everything else works out. Everything else will be good. Everything else will stay the course. Yes, will there be trials? Absolutely. Will there be hardships? Absolutely. Like hitting yourself on the head. Like there will be things that will happen to your life that will happen, not because we live in a bubble of protected as believers. No, because we get connected. And so when the trials do come, we get to stand strong. When the storms do rage, we don't get tossed by the winds and the waves. We get to walk and come. We pray from a place of connectedness. Connecting our lives. Bringing heaven to earth. Like we have this idea that when, like, 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 okay, let me say it this way. Jesus told us, gave us the mandate that we can deliver the kingdom today. Some of us are, I want Jesus to return. I'm, I'm ready. And everyone's like, I don't know about. <laughs> I'm ready. But you know what? There's a lot of work still to do. I'm called, we're called to bring heaven to earth right now. We're called to see the kingdom delivered. We're called to see people set free. And we do that because we can pray because we're connected. The second thing is, Brother Bruce and the team, come on up. We pray to be transformed by the Lord. Why do we pray? To be transformed. Simple. We, we pray because what we said in that mission, that we are community formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus and his presence in and among us. Leonard Ravenhill says this, of this, let us be sure, the prayer closet, the place, for some of you are like, prayer closet? Pastor, I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a, that's a saying, that's a thing of, of old. Like, my parents would be like, you gotta get to your prayer closet. I'm like, where is it? Like, what, what is that? Is that you know, I gotta go, I used to find myself in my bedroom closet. Like, is this the prayer closet? <laughs> it's a true story, I'm sorry. I'm, it's just showing up with, to your time with God. He said, the prayer closet is not a place merely to hand the Lord a list of urgent requests. How many of you got saved? You just started handing everything to God. You need to do this. You need to do this. Thank you for your honesty. You need to do this. I need you to do this. I need a new car. I need a new business. I need, like we just, you're just vomiting every request you have. That's okay. But that's not the whole thing. Does prayer change things? Yeah, he says. But prayer changes the man or the woman. See, we don't like to pray because we don't want to be changed. Because if we actually got in the presence of God, some of us are so scared that he might actually change us. But scripture talks about it. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Are being transformed. Catch it. It says being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From one degree of glory. That's why when we pray glory, glory to glory, grace to grace, it's because that when we get along with them, we do it. When we gather together and we pray and we open up scriptures and when we do all this stuff, we're being transformed from grace to grace, from glory to glory. When you got saved, that was the beginning. When you got saved and you said yes to Jesus and you got that brand new birthday, that's the beginning. 
What you now are called and what the, what the call from heaven is over your life is to be a person that is transformed daily through discipleship to Jesus, through being a part of the body, through being a part of the teaching of the word, through showing up in prayer. It's called being transformed. And how does that happen? Prayer. I know when I'm off, when I'm, when I'm mistreating people or I have a short temper with Rachel or, or I don't know how to handle Titus when he's losing his mind, I, I know what it is. It's, it's not because I, I've, I've lost some, some things here or there. It's because I've, I haven't shown up and gotten with God and let him transform me. I haven't let him transform me. We go through life thinking, why is the same stuff happening? Why is insanity happening in my life? Because we're not showing up to God saying, transform me first. Begin with me first. Spouses that are praying for your other spouse, your spouse to, to, to be changed, begin to ask the Lord to change you. And then go on to that. Because the call for us is as we continue to serve Jesus, we're called to become more like Jesus. Jesus, all throughout his ministry, went and escaped the crowds and prayed. He's Jesus. Do you understand this? He does not need to pray, in my opinion. Like, like he just doesn't need to. But what does Jesus say? I only do what my father does and what my father tells me. And it pleases my father to do what he's told me to do. It pleases him. And you know how he pleased the heart of God? He prayed and got connected with God and he was transformed by his father. Everything he did, he covered it in prayer. And you know what he received in his times of prayer? He got strengthened. He grew in wisdom and stature. You want, to have, you, want to, you want to grow in wisdom and stature? Pray. You don't have to read 47 self-help books. I love them. I love you. But you, don't need, you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you supernatural wisdom. That's a good amen for everybody. Just say amen. Just stand in agreement with it. Hallelujah. We grow in power. We get clarity and direction. We get purpose. We get boldness. We get strength. We get character developing us. Oh, we have a character issue today. We say one thing and do another. We act this way in this moment, and we act this way in that moment. We have a character issue. You know how that changes? Prayer. Letting the Holy Spirit transform us. We go deeper in love. We experience greater joy and fulfillment in life. We experience the promises of God. We experience his glory. We experience his mercy. We experience his leading for our lives. We experience and we get more of God to be transformed, to, to allow the Spirit to transform us. Maybe the question today that some of you need to wrestle with, are you satisfied where you're at today? Some of you are sitting here going, is this all this thing is? Is this, is this all that I get with following Jesus? This life that I have so far, is this really it? I would actually say no. And I would actually ask you, how's your prayer life? Are you allowing him to transform you? Are you allowing, are you getting with him? Are you talking with him? Are you receiving deep wisdom? Are you receiving deep instruction? Are you allowing for the words of heaven to speak? Are you allowing for the conviction? How many don't like that word? He cares more about you than you care about yourself. You hear that? He created you. He knit you in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head. Every hair, even the parts that are missing. Yes, he knows every. He knows every. He knows every. He knows every tear. Listen, he knows every tear you cry. He knows every thought that you have. He knows every sorrowful thing that you're walking through. He knows every storm. And the invitation is... Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, not me. Come to Jesus, all who are weary. And I will give you strength. Prayer transforms us. You know how I know this is because there's many men and women that are old in the faith, 
I didn't say old, I just said old in faith. That I have, that I have the privilege of calling spiritual fathers and mothers in my life. And I've watched over the years, I'm talking 10, 20 years, they don't become stale as this journey of faith continues on. What they actually become is more energized, more grace-filled, more empowered by the Spirit. Why? Because they've understood something, that prayer is a call for us to be transformed day in and day out. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that we don't get attached to the world structure. So that we don't get attached to false teaching. Hello, some of those people you're watching, some of those theologians, some of those philosophers that you're watching, they're, they're, they're not right. Let me just say it that way. And what happens is you become transformed by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit to know this is not right. This is the way to go. And people that have done this for years, they don't get tired. They actually get stronger. I want your life by 70, by 80, by 90, some of you, bless you all. If you're 90, I want you to serve Jesus with the same, if not more fervor than you did when you first got saved. And how this happens is prayer. And the final thing that we believe here in this house is we go into prayer and more specifics, what types of prayers. There's different prayers that we believe God has orchestrated and has shown us and is delivering. But, but, but we pray because we are on a mission from the Lord. Straight up. Guys, like, I don't know how to say this. This is actually the second week. I didn't realize mission was in a point last week. That's why I need Rachel more in my life. She could give me better points and help me. Like, but I think the Lord's trying to highlight something. We are not people that just got saved for ourselves. I got Jesus. Forget you all. No. I got Jesus so I can tell you all. I got the breakthrough in my life so I could actually be a testimony to what Jesus did. I actually got the increase at the business so I could be a person of generosity and pour it out upon the, the single mothers and the orphans and the widows. I actually got, you didn't get this. Let me tell you, if you got a new newsflash, you did not get what you have in your life because you made it happen. You got it because he found you fit. So use it the right way. We have a mission and the mission is deliver the kingdom. Deliver the gospel, tell people, show people that the fragrance of our lives radiate. We are called to connect others to the life-giving waters that we've been connected to. We have a mission. Is it hard? Yeah. Following Jesus is not easy. Come on, can, we, can I get an amen to that? Just for my, okay, good. It's hard. But I know what he's done for my life. And so when the road's hard, when the road becomes hard, I have the Holy Spirit to help me, to press into prayer, to be transformed, to take my selfish ambitions, my attitudes, my desires, my stuff, and releasing it and receiving what he has for me. And what it helps me do is stay on mission for the people that are hurting for the people that are in pain, for the people that don't know him. I get to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us that in the midst of mission, he continued to pray. Mark 6, and then I'll finish with this. We're going to pray. Mark 6, right there, and then Jesus feeds the 5,000. Actually, it's more like fifteen to 20,000 people. How many of you know after feeding fifteen to 20,000 people in one moment, in a day, you'd be exhausted? Okay, every hand should go up once again because you're not Superman. Like, like, 15,000 people handing food. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I would just be exhausted after 30 minutes. I'd be like, I'm on a break. Catch me outside. Like, it says Jesus made sure everyone ate, and there was leftovers too. And what it does then is it shows us it jumps ahead into Matthew 6, 45 on through. I think it's like 48. Forgive me, 49. And Jesus sends the disciples ahead on a boat, and on that boat, the storms begin to rage, and the, the, thing, the winds begin to, to come crazy, and 
Jesus shows his disciples the power of living in his peace. And so in the midst of a miracle and the ministry and the gospel being shown of Jesus feeding and caring and, and taking care of and then also showing that in the midst of a storm, you can have peace doing ministry and pouring out and getting tired. Because how many of you know being a follower of Jesus, it gets tired. It gets tired loving your neighbor as yourself. It gets tired showing the gospel. It gets tired living as an example. It gets tired of saying no to the parties and to the events because you know nothing good's going to happen there. And God didn't call you in this season to go there because in this season, he's actually calling you to abstain so that he can grow you and strengthen you so that when you go back in, you won't fall. I'm preaching this out. You won't fall. You will become trapped. So, so, so it gets hard, right? And Jesus in the middle of those in verse 46, feeding and peace says that Jesus immediately sent the disciples on to go ahead of him. He dismissed the crowds. And after leaving them, he went up onto a mountainside to pray to pray. He didn't call the massage therapist in. I need a massage. I've been handing out bread and fish all day long. Honey, rub my feet. I can't do this anymore. He didn't call the committee and be like, we need to get more hands on deck. He prayed. Why? Because the mission of his father was right around the next corner. There's no days off in the kingdom, guys. There are seasons of tiredness, yeah. You need to rest. But how you stay on mission? You pray. You pray. You pray. You press in. He hears you. You're connected to him. He wants to move. He wants to speak. So right now, every head bowed and every eye closed. Right now, I just want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I'm going to pray. We're going to actually sing Jesus, we love you as you guys take a moment of reflection. But I just really felt like today that the Holy Spirit wants to reorient and realign your prayer life. For some of you, you don't have a prayer life. You don't even understand it. You don't know. You, you think like, like it's, just, it's just thinking good things or, or no, no. It's, a, it's an actual walk of communicating and, and listening and opening up the word. He wants to show you that. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. For some of you, you've avoided what we say here, the prayer closet. You've avoided the times with the Father because you're scared of what he may say to you. He's calling you right now. He's calling you right now. For some of you, your prayer time, your, your walk with the Father is strong. He actually wants to strengthen you with more of his grace from glory to glory. So wherever you're at right now, I just ask the Holy Spirit right now to minister and to speak to you for just a moment. Receive it. If you need to open up your hands, if you just need to say yes to it, just, just whatever posture, just say yes to it. He wants to empower you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants your prayer life to be vibrant. He wants your prayer time with him to be exciting. He wants to just release the, the kingdom of heaven into your life. He's, he's wanting to do this. He's desiring to do this. So receive it today in Jesus' name.